And uh, good morning, everybody. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning until 11 o'clock. As you know, we've changed up Saturdays a bit. Neil, uh, Neil, uh, it's uh, Dean Sharp. Neil is tomorrow. Dean Sharp from 6 to 8 uh, this morning with uh, the home show. Uh, home with uh, Dean, House Whisper. And uh, that's going to go on for the next uh, forever. So we switched it out a bit. And then, of course, I follow here at 8 o'clock. And that's why I'm here, because it's 8 o'clock. This is why I get paid the big bucks, because I can figure this stuff out. Man, man, am I good. All right. Uh, So we have that going on. Dean is back tomorrow uh, for his regular show. Now that they're both regular shows, uh, he's on 6 to 8 Saturday mornings and 9 to 11 Sunday mornings. And the phone calls here. uh, Obviously, it's uh, the best time to call top of the hour. So the line is 800-520-1534, 800-520-1534, and I will get to your calls, and uh, we're in pretty good shape right now, so uh, you want to call in. I mean, there are times when you just don't, you, you try to call, and it's just busy. Every line is taken, so take advantage now, 800-520-1534. And fo- folks, uh, or folks, and for those of you that think that you're going to get on on the uh, line and you're somewhat reluctant because I'm going to yell at you and call you an idiot and abuse you. It's worse than that. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take it to whole new levels for you. 800-520-1534. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Okay. Uh, Washington, the state of Washington. Now, uh, for those of you that ever been to the state of Washington, uh, you have Seattle and you have, especially along the coast, uh, the inside Washington, the Yakima Valley, they're not crazy. Uh, there are nice conservative people that grow and eat a lot of apples. When you talk about the coastal people, they're crazy. I mean, you talk about hippy-dippy stuff. I mean, they're on a whole new level. So here's the latest. Oh, by the way, quick story. Friends of ours got married in Seattle, and there are so many expatriates, uh, Southern Californians, that move to Seattle, and they hate Southern California, which is really bizarre. And so uh, our friends got married, and uh, we went up there, and uh, people would go uh, at the wedding, uh, so where are you from? Southern California, Los Angeles. Ooh, Southern California, ooh. So it got to the point after the third one, someone would smile and go, hey, where are you from? And I just go, screw you, except with F. That's all I did, walking around that whole wedding. And uh, people would come up to my friends and go, who is that guy who's telling all of us to screw up? That's Washington. All right, so now uh, the state of Washington passed a bill to become the first state in the United States of America Signed by it will be signed by the governor, allowing human bodies to be composted. Composted. In other words, you're thrown in the ground. Actually, you're thrown in a heap with the eggshells and the banana peels, and then you become part of this compost, and it you you become part of nature. Uh, they use you to grow things. Really? All right. I mean, you know, it makes sense. You know, people have their their own thing, and they want to be. They can be buried any way they want. But I find that rather interesting that you can't elect to be compost. Although, yeah, you know, it's, uh, uh, they have crazier stuff. 
you can elect to be poured into a concrete mold with concrete and then end up on the floor of some sanctuary under the water in Florida. They have those. They have a whole village uh, cemetery where you, you, you're poured into the shape of a, of a dolphin or a crab. See, I would do the crab personally. That's only because of personal history. It's uh, okay. So anyway, just saying. All right, why don't we uh, take a phone call or two? What do you think? All right, uh, Michael. Hello, Michael. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hi, Bill. Yes, sir. My mom had, and dad had a trust, and my dad died. And before he died, they had put the house in my, I believe, uh, gave the house to my, to my nieces, their grandchildren. Okay, so title passed. Correct. Okay. A power of appointment, I think. Uh, power of appointment, usually it's just a straight transfer from the trust to the niece. If the trust owned the well, property and they were the trustees, usually they are. They're their own trustees when you're talking about a revocable trust. Uh, then they just transfer the property of the niece. Uh, I, I don't understand. Would any that of- be listed in the trust? Like, is that oh, yeah. out? Uh, well, no, because it, as, as, as soon as the property transfers... Uh, it becomes uh, the property of the niece. Now, in terms of the trust, it may be written in the trust that that uh, they have See, the power the to trustee. do so or whatever, but uh, they did it and it's done. So I, she just made me the trustee okay. of the trust. All right. And she's telling me that when she dies, yeah. the house goes to me. Nope. That's not true. She, correct? she doesn't own the house trustee. anymore. There's nothing, it's not, for example, uh, if I die, my house goes to my kids. And you can go, but it goes to me because you promised me. Nope. Nope. It belongs to the niece. It's already hers. How, how, how do I know that it's theirs? Oh, you uh, pull title on it. There's title. You so, go, you go uh, on the internet, you go to the county recorder's office, and you can, it's a public document. You pull title, and you find out who owns the property. And you'll find that the last transfer was the trust, mom and dad's that's trust. That's what it says, the trust. Yeah, the trust owns it and transferred it to the niece. Now, if it has not so been their transferred... their names would be somewhere? I'm sorry? Their physical names would be somewhere? Yeah, no, the trust like name that. would be somewhere. It would okay, be the so trust I itself. Online and, and it said that it said the trust is the the i don't want to say the last name but the last name of my parents their trust is the owner of the property that's correct now did they transfer the property did the the trust transfer the property so here here's the rule if the trust transferred the property then it belongs to the niece whoever has title owns the property okay if it has not transferred to the niece then the trust owns the property. And if you're the and trustee, you can do whatever the hell you want, assuming you pay gotcha. attention to the trust, unless the trust says it goes to the niece. Specifically. Yes. So I can go down to the county recorder's office and pull the title, yeah. you said? Yeah. Find out and who owns the property. Record. Yeah, who owns the property. And if it's still owned, if it's still owned by the trust uh, and you become the trustee, you can do whatever the hell you want, assuming that uh, the trust allows you to do whatever the hell you want. If it says that so I the, need to read that trust, you do have to read the trust. Because I tried last weekend and she would not let me read it. Yeah, don't worry about it. The tr- <laughs> well, who would not let you read it? My mom. Well, you got to tell mom, hey, mom, 
I've got to know what to do when you die. I'm going to find out. Yeah, right you now. have to. You have to pull her aside and, you know, maybe slap her up the face and, uh, you know, grab her and go, I've got to know. I'm the trustee. What do you want to do? So that's what I you, appreciate your help. Yes, you do. Of course you do. Okay. This is Handle on the Law. Hey, good morning, everybody. Handle here on a Saturday morning, right until 11 o'clock with The Legal Show. So welcome back to Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice. All right, Pat. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Oh, good morning. A summary of my question is my uh, uh, granddaughter-in-law's father, who is an elderly gentleman, he speaks nothing but Spanish. He is a citizen. I uh, had worked for a company for several years, not sure how long. Uh, was called into an office, told to sign a paper, and then he no longer worked there. There was no one else in the office. There's no interpreter. He has no idea what the paper was that he signed. Uh huh. And then he got, um, and then he was and then he was fired, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I assume so. Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, no. So let's start with how the hell did he become a citizen, not speaking a word of English? You want to explain that one to me? I really have no idea. He took classes and all that, and uh, passed the citizenship. So that I and, can and not sp- and not speaking English. That's correct. He's an elderly gentleman. I have no took, idea. Yeah. No. Nor do I. Took classes because uh, the test uh-huh. is actually given in English. Uh, well, that's I, okay. I, I got it. You know, I. In some ways, I doubt that you know. To go to the DMV, they help you. Oh, that's uh, different. They don't the DM? Can... No, the DMV will give you your license and will give you the test in one of yeah. forty-six different languages. LA, particularly, you go to the DMV uh, office, and there it is. We give the test in, and then there's forty languages listed. But that's because they want okay. people to drive uh, safely. Mm-hmm. All right. So now okay. let's go to your father-in-law, and here is uh, the problem. We live in a state in which uh, it's an at-will state. They can, they, yeah. He can be fired for any reason whatsoever other than uh, constitutional limitations, discrimination, race, creed, religion, that sort of thing. He could argue Hispanic, uh, which is uh, that, uh, that he was fired because he was a Hispanic gentleman. However, the courts have also ruled even if you can prove there was some of that, if there's any other rational reason uh, to fire someone, that's going to fly, too. And then elder, uh, there is elder discrimination, but that's not as strong. So the bottom line is what they could have the right to fire him. How long was he at his job? Several years. I'm going to say All right. something like eight to ten. Got eight to ten years. And can I ask what he did? English teacher? No. no. Right. Okay. Right. Ju- ju- yeah, just uh, no, wondering. He, he did um, yard maintenance okay. supervisor for a large company. All right. I'll tell you what he probably signed. He probably signed a waiver of liability. He signed off saying, uh, I have no cause of action. I won't go after you. I mean, that is, if it's in English and he doesn't speak English, that is, yeah, that's not going to go any place. So that signature, uh, that document that he signs, is going to have no validity. The other issue is uh, just getting fired. So here's what I'm going to suggest uh, is talk to a discrimination attorney, uh, employment discrimination attorney. I don't think that's going to go very far based on what you told me, but it's certainly worth the conversation. 
And uh, they do have people who speak Espanol uh, there on the website. So go to handleonthelaw.com. And uh, ask one of the, and just check in with one of the employment discrimination attorneys and see what what's happening there. All right. Okay. All fine. right. Give Thank that a shot. Much. All right. You got it. All right, Joseph. Hello, Joseph. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Joseph, you there? Hey, Joe. Uh, hey, Bill. Yes. Hey, uh, I had a question um, about a four years ago. I went in and got my windows tinted at a window tint place. Uh, for a lifetime warranty on the receipt. Um, I went in there last week. I was like, hey, you know, my windows are definitely not as dark as I bought them. Um, I wanted to see if I can get them replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, guy pretty much says no, there's still color in them. Um, you know, if I replace them, they're going to charge me. And I was like, why are they going to charge you? That doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I asked for a manager, I asked for the owner. Of course, they're not there. All right. So the bottom um, line is they wouldn't do it, correct? Yeah, exactly. All right. And the receipt is from the uh, the store itself. Yes. And it says lifetime warranty. It says lifetime warranty. Okay. And you and you obviously have a copy. Have specifications or okay. Anything? All right. Yes. You got. A, all right. You have a you, have, you have a copy of it. And you showed him, and he said, uh, "Did you ask him what lifetime warranty means to him?" Uh, no, I didn't. Why don't you ask him, first of all, you want to describe lifetime warranty. Maybe we have two different definitions of what a lifetime is. To me, it's while I'm alive. Yeah. Okay, and of course, I'll, as long as I own the car. So he's going to blow you out of the water. He's going to say, too bad, based yeah. on what you told me. So here is uh, what I would do. I would get a bid uh, from any other window wrapping place, whatever they call those places, to remove those win- to remove the tint. Uh, the wrap, and replace it. And there's where you go to small claims court, right up against in, uh, the company. And then you you have to prove that the windows are in bad shape. So it's either going to be an affidavit by the new window place. Can you see, if you take a picture, can you see these things are falling apart? Uh, it's it's not necessarily that they're falling apart. Ah. It's that they're not as dark as I bought them. Yeah, yeah. see, that's the problem. Because you're going to say they're not as dark, and they're going to say, yes, they are. So you really have no proof as to how dark they are. Well, I mean, when you, because I mean they have the the uh, samples, right? So you're so you're going to get okay. So you're going to get a wait a sec. So you're going to get a sample from them, and then bring Uh it in, and here's what they're going to say. That's not the that's not what you ordered. You ordered the lighter one. See, Even it, but I have it written down on the receipt. Oh, okay. Well, then you have to bring in yeah. a sample. You have to get hold of a sample. You bring it in. You show the receipt. You find out the cost of replacing them. And uh, you should be in pretty good shape. Should be all right. Okay. All right. So even if I didn't speak to an owner or a manager. Oh yeah, no, you want to I speak to the owner. No, no, you want to make a formal. You want to make a formal request, a demand. If you do it in okay. writing, I would do it on uh, with an email. Yeah, you can't just. You have to talk to someone first because those are the rules of uh, small claims is you have to make a demand that they fix whatever it is all right so uh the latest trend for cyber criminals is hacking into sensitive networks that steal identities of children because children are particularly vulnerable because who checks on kids credit well they use the cyber cockroaches use that information and make purchases and loans uh without dealing with credit checks usually or at least if the credit check is done it's clean right 
So what do you do? Well, let me suggest uh, LifeLock. LifeLock detects against a wide range of identity thre- uh, threats, like your social security number for sale in the dark web, and of course, your kids have socials. And if there's a problem with the identity, U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix the problem. Now, no one can prevent all ID theft or monitor every transaction at every business, but LifeLock is serious protection. My kids have LifeLock protection and they've done a hell of a job a couple times of taking my daughter's chestnuts out of the fire, and she doesn't have chestnuts. So get 10% off your first year. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle, or go to lifelock.com, promo code handle. This is Handle on the Law. Here on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Betty. Welcome to the show. Hello? Yes. Okay. Well, let me take you out to speak. Yeah, that would be good. Hi. Hi. Hey, uh, I have this problem. Are you there? I am. Uh, I have this problem. Uh, we have this irate neighbor, you know, we were on TV being interviewed with him, and I've been trying to serve him a restraining order, and the sheriffs have tried four times, and so when I went back to get an extension, uh, they said that I would have to be creative, and I just don't know how else to yeah. serve him. You have to, well, first of all, you get a private uh, process server. Okay, that's that's for starters. You, you cannot serve him because you're a party to uh, the action. So you have to have an independent person, usually the sheriff, but the sheriffs just knock on the door. I mean, they're not going to be be aggressive about it. So let me tell you what people have done when you talk about be creative. Flowers delivered to the house, and the guy hands over uh, the restraining order, the summons. I have seen pizza deliveries taken to the house uh, here uh, and they knock on the door and there's the, uh, a pizza delivery guy out there and you open the door usually people open the door say sorry wrong address they don't scream through the door wrong address unless uh they are suspicious uh, some people just wait others you find out where the guy works and follow him it i mean work. he just he stays in his well at some well here's the out. well here's the problem uh you're going to have to personally serve him otherwise uh there is no validity to the restraining order the judge isn't going to hear it and being creative is any way you can think of. Call a, pro- a process server, and they have uh-huh. them just go uh, on the Internet and just put the keyword process server and uh-huh. just start talking. The problem is it gets expensive sometimes. Okay. Yeah, that can get expensive. But uh, if you have to deal with a neighbor, I mean, what are you going to do, shoot him? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what? That's cheaper, actually. Uh, no, it's uh, it's not easy. When someone does not want to accept service and is prepared to hide uh, then, uh, and that's their life that they're prepared to evade service. Uh, then you have to get very creative. But that what is that's what creative is all about. And uh, so, private detectives, uh, investigators have been hired. I mean, it really is uh, crazy. All right, Dave. Hey, Dave, you're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Uh, you, no. Hey, you're, so I, I okay, had a uh, yes. I had an issue with. Uh, a neighbor of mine, his dog was barking in the middle of the night. I sent him over a text to ask him to put his dog away. 
nothing happens. The next day at 9 o'clock uh, in the evening after I've been home all day, he comes over to my girlfriend's house uh, drunk and starts berating me and then tries to get past me when my girlfriend tells him to get off the property, uh, tries to get past me to get to her. Uh, I push him back off the, the uh, porch, and he starts to take a swing, and I hit him. And we go down to the ground. We're rolling around the ground, and I'm holding, holding him down on the ground. His wife comes over, starts trying to peel me off the ground when she's really trying to gouge my eyes out. She goes and gets the brother-in-law. He comes over and kicks me in the head and knocks me out. Um, so my girlfriend goes in, calls the police. When she comes back out, the, all three of them are sitting there kicking me in the head. And the police uh, saw this? The police didn't see it. They showed up right after it. Who did they arrest? And so they didn't arrest either of us. They gave us both battery charges. Okay. He is now, I, I was going to take him to small claims to try and get, because I had to go get uh, CAT scans done, uh, x-rays on my thumb. So I was going to take him to small claims. Of course, as soon as I file small claims on him, he files a civil suit against me for 25 grand. So oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's crap old. And did he hire a lawyer to do that? Yes, he did. All right. So uh, uh, the witnesses. Uh, now you're talking about he said, they said. Your girlfriend's exactly. going to test. Your girlfriend's going to testify as you described it. They're going to testify that you simply assaulted. Uh, there was a simple assault, and now you get to the point where you just simply say no and you defend it. You think he's prepared to spend five thousand dollars to take you to trial? Uh, I. I'm assuming he is. He, All right. Well, he if, there, if he's pre- when if, he he, moved in. if he's prepared to send, spend five or ten thousand dollars to take you to trial, uh, then it gets interesting because he has to also show some damage. He can't just say I've been assaulted and I want twenty five thousand dollars. You can't say that. I've been assaulted and I want twenty five thousand dollars because I've been hurt. I had to go to the doctor. Uh, did any of that happen with these guys? Were they rushed off to the doctor? No. Okay. No, and in fact, it's, I got the police. All right. So you have so up. you have the assault charge. You can sue. Okay. So you're going to have to answer the complaint. Unfortunately, you have no choice. And I would turn around and counter sue for twenty five thousand dollars, right there. And now he gets to start writing checks to his lawyer. For okay. civil damages, I mean, you have you have no choice on this one. Now, I'm I'm trying to get her because he was trying to get past her and and get into her house. We're trying to get the homeowners to cover my uh, my defense. No, no, I'm the homeowner, gonna... no, the homeowners won't do it. It has nothing to do with the homeowners. Nothing. Okay. Why would they be responsible? Um, they said it was because they were trying. He was trying to get past me to get into her. What house does that have to do with the homeowners? What does what does the homeowners have to do with it? I don't know. That's what the, that's what I was told by an attorney to do. Wrong. Homeowners, you're responsible, right? Uh, okay. The homeowners goes, uh, yeah, and particularly what? Why? See, that's the problem. All right, Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Yes. I have uh, picked the traffic violation in the mail and with my photo in the car. And this is an automated red light photo mm-hmm. citation. What do I do? Yeah. Well, uh, is it your photo in the car? Yes. Uh, you pay it. What do you think? What do you do? They got you. They have you. You're done. There you are. Car. Red light. Photo. What would you like to say? It wasn't me. It was my twin sister. Okay. And does uh, anybody have to show when I appear? No. You just, no. You don't appear. You just pay the bill. 
You just write the check. You're gonna you're gonna get tagged. I mean, why why? What are you gonna do? Why do you have to appear? You write a check. Do they tell you how much it's gonna cost? Okay, yes, four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars. Yep. Welcome to the world of some serious revenue. Uh, the uh, attempts by uh, the municipality, which, by the way, it no longer attempts. They make some serious money off of this. You get to pay four hundred dollars, my dear. And if I appear on the with a judge, what no are you going to say? No one has to be there. The right. What are you going to say? What's okay. your defense? Think about that for a moment. Okay, Your Honor. Uh, okay, uh, you plead not guilty. Okay, now explain why you're not guilty. I thought the cameras were illegal. Nope. Perfectly legal. Thank you. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. Yep. That's uh, when they have it. Now, when you can't see the person, right? So, every, for example, every time that I intend on blowing through a red light, and I know there's a camera there, I wear a Groucho outfit. And then you say, that's not me. And then it gets kind of interesting. Well, the cars register you. Yeah, but that's not me. Well, who was driving your car? I don't know. Well, does someone steal your car? No, but I let a bunch of people drive my car. How many people? 46. I have a lot of keys. Um, I have a lot of friends. And uh, and here's the problem. When the judges nail you, it's a summary uh, It's a summary procedure. Uh, you, you, know, you can't appeal those things. All right. We'll be back. This is Handle on the Law. And good morning. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning. Phone numbers 800 520 800-520-1KFI, not that anybody pays attention to letters anymore. That's 800-520-1534. You know, we should figure out <coughs> what uh, 5201534 is being spelled, uh, if we can spell something crazy. You know, 800-520-SLUT, maybe. I don't, we have to figure out uh, what some of those uh, great letters can be. All right. Welcome back uh, to Handle on the Law, Marginal Legal Advice. Uh, Hello, Melissa. Hi. 22 years ago, my brother paid off uh, my mom's house when my father died. The mortgage at that time was like $70,000. The house is worth $500,000. And he's claiming that he owns the house because he paid off the mortgage at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Is that that true? Nope. Nope. You simply and say, really, you, you, doesn't matter. I mean, it's year. now he can argue that he owns a portion of the house. Uh, and he can say that he's not, not he owns. He is due a portion of the house, but he has nowhere to go. That's the problem. He's going to file a law. All he can do is file a lawsuit. He can't force the sale of the property at all. What he can do in the event someone dies, for example, if there is a probate, make a claim against the probate uh, as to ownership or at least as to uh, an amount of money coming back. But he's got a couple problems. Number one, 22 years ago, and now he's coming forward and saying, I want a piece of the house? Yes. Yeah, good luck for him. No, he is, you're fine. Who owns the house? My mom. It's in her name. Okay, it's in her name right now. He's been paying the property tax. I get it. That's nice of him. That's very, very nice of him. 
And I think your mom ought to thank him on a regular basis. Thank you so much. I think your mom ought, I think your mom ought to bake him cookies on a regular basis because he's such a nice guy. But that's what he's entitled to is cookies. He can't even sue for the cookies. Yeah, so don't worry about that one. That's off the table. Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Yes. Hi, Bill. I just wanted to uh, confirm that a landlord cannot make any part of a move-in or security deposit non-refundable. Aha. Move-in is different than security deposit. That's how people are getting away. This is how landlords are getting away from the mandatory refundable uh, security deposit. Uh, That is that cannot be held as non-refundable. The security deposit is held by the landlord and then returned minus whatever damages are owed or any damages caused to uh, the property. So what they're doing is they're calling it move-in fees. And if well, actually, you, I don't even, I don't even think she called it move-in. Is uh, she, is, does she call it uh, security deposit? Yeah. Then you're home free. Then she has to return. Then there's no choice. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, so, and she ha- and the landlord has to make an accounting. And if the landlord does not make an accounting, I think within 21 days, I'm trying to remember what the rules are. I mean, they keep, the days keep on changing. Uh, then uh, it's automatic. Then there's no defenses to any damage either. Okay, so I, so basically, I'd have to, I'll have to make a demand for that portion of it back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. As soon as you move out, say I want my security deposit back, and the landlord says, uh, not really, because you did. $200 damage or $400 damage to the house, which they have to prove, by the way. And you end up in small claims court, inevitably, uh, because the landlord says no. You say yes. You take it to court, and those are the rules. And uh, it, it doesn't even matter if it says non-refundable. It's it, The word doesn't exist legally as to security deposits. So uh, you're in uh, pretty good shape. Darnell! Hey, Darnell, you're up. Welcome. Hey, Bill, I'm an old guy who needs some help uh, negotiating a problem with GM. <clears throat> I purchased a new, uh, didn't purchase, I leased a new Cadillac in 2013. When the lease ran out in 2016, uh, I liked the vehicle so much, I purchased it. And as part of the sales agreement, I purchased a maintenance program agreement that uh, prepaid the covered uh, service for the next uh, 36 months or two 70,000 miles. Everything went well as long as I went to the dealership that I bought the vehicle from, but they recently went out of business. The dealership is out of business. Yes. So I went to another local Cadillac place. I brought the uh, agreement with me. They serviced the vehicle. No problem. But when I returned uh, in April for my another oil change, they said, ha, guess what? Uh, The agency that you uh, bought the used vehicle from never registered this with GM, never sent them the money. So as far as GM goes, this service agreement doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's a problem. So what I did was uh, I worked with the service manager, and he took all the documents and said, well, we'll hear from GM in three to four days if they'll reinstate this. Haven't heard anything. So I went to the, uh, it's called Cadillac Business Resource Center, told them my story, sent them my documents, they got back to me last week and said, well, what do you want? I said, well, I just want the dealership to uh, refund me the money that I paid for a service that should have been covered. Well, I haven't heard anything. Yeah, and why should, why, by the way, why should GM pay it? Just curious. 
Well, the dealership. I, the dealership. I, I was dealing with an authorized Cadillac agency. Ah, okay. If you're, they should as a it. as a matter of goodwill to right. a loyal customer. That's exactly the way you want to paint should it. Honor this that's when correct. I got screwed, and that is exactly the way it should be handled. As a matter of goodwill, because you don't want to get into a fight with them legally. Can you imagine getting into a fight with uh, General Motors? Even small, well, if they say no, I'd, I'd go to small claims court. But okay, small well, claims court, is, but they don't right have the small claims. Small, oh, no, because you're out the money. So it's, Yeah, it's like $83.50, but I would also oh. like to have the agreement run to its conclusion. Hold on, hold on. Which is, uh, you know, in, in wait, August wait. of this year. Are you really talking about it? We're talking uh, over $83.00. Yeah, I am, because I figure I'm a loyal customer. It's not going to cost them a huge amount of money. Okay. You know, I paid nine hundred ninety five. dollars What's your question? Front. What's your question? Uh, when I hear from them and they say, uh, we're not going to do it, well, how, is, how do I approach GM with this goodwill? Uh, well, message? that's exactly what you do. You approach okay. GM and argue goodwill. Or, for the $83, I and I can give you the names of a few attorneys. Of course, they're only going to want a $2,500 retainer, but that's okay. Uh, hey, because we want to we want to nail GM on this, don't we? <laughs> Lovely. $83. By the way, the world record uh, for spending time on the phone with me and trying to get some money back was a woman a bunch of years ago who wanted to do a cell company. We went through this whole thing about how the cell company screwed her. And I agreed, and she says, "What do I, you know?" At the end of it, what do I do? And I go, "Well, you know, you can uh, you know can make a formal complaint to the feds. Uh, you can try to sue them. Uh, you can try to look for an attorney who specializes in this." And then casually, I said, "By the way, how much money was this overcharge?" She said, 10 cents." Honest to God, she said, 10 cents." I started foaming at the mouth like I was a rabid dog. I mean, literally, it was just the foam was coming down my face. This is Handle on the Law. Good morning. Bill Handle here, and uh, it is uh, the legal show, which is Saturday mornings, as opposed to Monday through Friday, which is, number one, not Saturday, and uh, it's not the legal show. There you go. Mr. Analysis at work again. 800-520-1534 is the phone number to call for the kind of advice that I love giving you. Okay, Uh, let me get right to it. This is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. Man, this is a terrific one. This is out of Connecticut. And there is a guy who got a ticket for talking on his cell phone. And his defense was, it wasn't a cell phone. It was a hash brown from McDonald's. And the cop uh, simply mistaken, uh, mistook the hash brown for a cell phone. Here's the problem. And usually I would start laughing if you gave me that question. Hey, Bill, it was was just just this hash brown. And I would start laughing. And I said, even if it was, you know, uh, it doesn't matter 
because number one, that's such a stupid defense and no one's going to believe it. And even assuming that there was a possibility, they always take the cop's word for it because the cop is considered objective and you have every reason to lie. Well, in this case, it really was a hash brown. And this guy went to court. He wasn't going to take this lying down. So it was a $300 distracted driving citation talking on a cell phone. And the guy's name is Jason Stiber. This is a great case. So uh, he's pulled over by a Westport uh, police officer who says that he saw Seibert using his cell phone. Seibert represented himself in court, lost his case, then took it up on appeal. And uh, the legal fees uh, far, far exceeded the cost of the ticket, but he didn't care. It's one of those times where he said, damn it, I'm not going to get nailed for eating a hash brown for McDonald's uh, for a ticket for uh, uh, driving while talking on a cell phone. So... The cop testified that he clearly saw Stiber speaking into a black cell phone while driving that morning. Wong Sun is the cop's name, testified that he saw Stiber holding an illuminated object the size of a cell phone up to his face while moving. See, he couldn't say, I saw a cell phone. He had to describe actually what he saw. It was this little black illuminated object. All right, so... Uh, Tice, uh, uh, the, the fellow rebutted the claim uh, and explained uh, that his lip movement, because instead of talking, he was chewing the hash brown that he had ordered at McDonald's just a few minutes earlier. And then he showed phone records that he was not having a conversation at the time he pulled over. And he further argued I have Bluetooth in my car. Why would I be using a cell phone if I have Bluetooth? And then he pulled a Freedom of Information Act in terms of the hours the cop was working. The cop was on the 15th hour of a 16-hour double shift when he pulled over Stiber. And that's another reason he argued that the officer may have confused the fried potato with a cell phone. Well, the judge said, you know what? Hash brown it is. Dismissed the case. Now, how many people would go to court on that one? I mean, good for him. I would. I tell you, go stuff it. Yeah, just too bad. You know, no one's going to believe that. But uh, he did it. Does that mean uh, that uh, you fight every uh, ticket like that? Uh, No, not at all. All right, phone calls. Uh, Juliet, we'll start with you. Hello, Juliet. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Uh, Hi, Bill. I do have a. I had a cat. Yeah, uh, you're not on a. You're not on a. You're not on a speakerphone, are you? Uh, No. Okay. I don't know why. I I just have this thing about speakerphones. Go figure. It's just you know, it's a button that you press. Okay, you had a cat. Yeah, I had a cat, and it was disappeared <clears throat> two weeks ago. <clears throat> and after two weeks, my next-door neighbor saw my husband at the uh, post uh, mailbox. And he said, by the way, uh, was that a yellow uh, eye cat uh, was yours? Uh, because somebody put it in my patio, and my 
dog beat it and uh, I had to take it to the county. So it means that uh, it was dead, so he had to turn it to the county. All right, so uh, his dog ate the cat. He said he beat the cat. Yeah, well, that's a, yeah, that's that's. How big was the dog? Uh, quite a big. I mean, uh, compared to my cat, is yeah. Okay, so huge. all right, so it's fair to say he ate the cat. All right, let's move on. And so he <laughs> said, uh, "My dog ate your cat," and then I took the cat to the county. Did he take it to a shelter? Did he take it to a, the animal control people? Did he say? He didn't say anything. Okay, so he just said he took the cat to the county, and the cat had died, correct? Yes. Okay, so what's your question? My question is, uh, uh, why uh, I want to have my own cat even if it's dead. Even if it's dead, you want your cat back. You want a dead cat at home. Yeah, yeah, I know. No, I want. I, I, I was looking for it. For okay, I get, it, I get it. But what's? Do I get this right? You want your dead cat back? No, no, my cat is gone. All I want is I am thinking that he, he didn't. He was the one who didn't like the cat, and he killed. Uh, my ah, cat. you think he killed the cat, not the dog? Yes. Okay. Yes. What's your question? Yes. All right. What's and your question? I want to know, and then after that, I haven't seen two other cats that were oh. not having any owners in the area. Ah, and just disappeared. So the feral cats are cat. gone. All right. What's your question? Yeah. What's your question? I, I want to know how can I find out that he he was, he. I am, uh, I am like 80% sure that he he killed my cat. Okay. And so and what's your what's your question? I want to know how can I punish him? I don't know uh-huh. any you can't. anything from him. You you can't. You can't because it's your word. I think I I I sort of believe uh he said that his dog ate the cat or bit the cat and he's going to deny it. He's going to go that's not true. You know what you have on your hands? Nothing. Unfortunately, you have nothing. You don't even have a dead cat to take home. Because there are people, there are people that collect dead cats. I mean, it's, uh, no, I understand uh, that you want your cat back. Uh, but you've got no place to go, Juliet. No place. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, you know, dead cat, no dead cat. What do you do with a dead cat? Do you stuff it? Do you make a little tiny throw rug uh, with it? Uh, you know, I don't know the answer to that. This is Handle on the Law. And good morning. Handle here on a uh, Saturday morning, right until 11 o'clock. Back we go. More Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. Okay, uh, Walt. Yes, sir. Hey, Bill. I, uh, long story short, I uh, started noticing a bunch of floaties in my right eye, you know, stringing things and uh, I went to an optometrist and he examined me and gave me no indication that there was any difficulty or problem and uh, so my vision in my right eye continued to get worse where I couldn't actually see out of it so I went to an ophthalmologist and they said yeah you know you have a detached retina and they set me up with an eye surgeon I got the surgery but because 
uh, the delay in me getting the surgery, uh, it wasn't completely corrected. So ah, now I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that would, I think uh, the operative term that you just threw in there was the delay. And right. uh, what you are saying is that the doctors will say, the ophthalmologist, the surgeon will say that had we caught it, uh, or had the uh, optometrist at that point uh, been able to discover it and you went into surgery, you would be far better off than you are now. Do I have Correct. that right? Correct. Okay. Got it. And your question? Medical malpractice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because detached retinas should be fairly easy to see. Now, uh, I don't know if optometrists uh, do retinal exams. If that's... They- they can, I think. I, and I don't know the answer. Uh, and we're talking about duty of care here. I think there uh, there are two issues. Well, actually, there's only one issue left because uh, you've already t- talked about the damages, number one, and you've talked about uh, the delay caused additional damage. Now we have to talk about the optometrist. And that is when the optometrist does the exam, uh, Does uh, would, it, would part of the exam show a retinal detachment? That's number one. Uh, number two, if he can do uh, an exam, is that part of a normal examination where you live or where you operate from? And usually it's a standard of care at doctors at that level. For example, the standard of care, uh, say New York, right, at a major hospital, is very different than the standard of care that is uh, that is necessary or that the law uh recognizes then let's say you're in Appalachia someplace and your clinic uh you're waiting outside on the porch with the couch that had these springs that have already sprung it's a very different kind of requirement of standard of care uh so uh the answer is you get to find out I would just talk to a medical malpractice attorney because there's good damage there there's no question okay uh look them up on your site yeah just go to handle on the law.com medical mal because if it turns out that the optometrist should have and has the ability during a normal uh, exam, uh, that optometrist is looking at a world of hurt. Well, I told him I had floaties in my eyes. Yeah, that's the other point. That's exactly, I I understand that, and I think that adds to it. Now, he'll deny that you ever said that, but it it really doesn't matter. Is a normal exam, does it include looking at the retina? And that is, the. you know what, go to the website, ask one of our MedMal attorneys, and uh, they'll tell you uh, exactly. Uh, whether or not that works. Uh, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Okay. My predicament is my dad collected royalties from a company based in Long Beach, California. And when he passed, the checks went to my mom. There was no uh, uh, no will, uh, no trust. And now... My mom has passed, and all the funds go to the state. And about every two years, three years, I file the, what do they call it, unclaimed property. And you get the money? And I get my, yeah. Okay. So what's your, what's your question? I'd like to get it transferred into my name. Right. And uh, you're going to, that's going to take a court to do that. Uh, because what you have to do is have it trace that the rights Go for, and, and by the way, those are rights that are uh, they are to be inherited. I mean, there's no question that's uh, legitimate. Right. And so, uh, you know what I would do is call the people that uh, that have the rights 
Okay, is it a film company? Is it a manufacturing company? Uh, what kind of company is it that sends the money out? Uh, I'm not sure what you would call it. Uh, it it's a, uh, it's called Tom's Long Beach. All right, whatever that is. Fair enough. Call them and well, ask and ask what they say. And what do they say? Uh, the woman is very rude, and she says, "Son, it would take a court order to get it." That's change okay. Then you, then there it is. That's the answer. It so takes, what is it takes, the you have to go involved? to a, you have to go to a lawyer and a lawyer is going to have to make a motion uh, to order Tums to start writing the checks directly to you. Now, I don't know whether you have to file you have to open a probate. I don't know whether it can be done simply with affidavits uh, and the uh, proof of death uh, death certificates. I don't know the procedure. Uh, but it's going to take, and that's why I first said it may take a, a court order once you call them up, and they're not willing to send the, they're not willing to transfer the rights to uh, to anybody pending a court order. She made that really clear. So you have to do a court order, get an attorney. Yeah, it should be it shouldn't be too complicated because the, your right is there. All you're doing is uh, there's no one to contest it. It's a procedural matter. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is, I had another. He had another uh, company basically doing the same thing. Okay, and they had no problem. No, uh, they just signed it over. It's. I understand. It depends. Yeah. On every company is different. So you know, you have a rude person says we need a court order. Okay, get a court order. All right. Uh, let's say you had something in the mail that's important, right? Something private, uh, tax documents uh, with your social on it, financial information. Now, would you do it on a postcard? Well, that's what happens when you use public Wi-Fi, even password-protected public Wi-Fi. You're using a postcard and not a sealed envelope. And so you have that sensitive private information open to cyber criminals or companies that can even track and sell your browsing activities, app usage, which is why I'm suggesting that you switch to Norton Secure VPN. This is virtual private network and encrypts your connections even on public Wi-Fi, so the information you send and receive is safe from those cyber criminal cockroaches who want to steal your informations, your information. And uh, Norton Secure VPN works with either your laptop or mobile devices, and it's so easy to use. Just download it once, and you are done. So get Norton Secure VPN. Enjoy the convenience of the connected world without worrying about your online privacy. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at three thirty three a month with annual subscription. Terms apply. Uh, Norton.com slash VPN. Uh, do I have that right? Uh, yeah. Uh, Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. Legal advice. More phone calls. Uh, hello, Sean. Sean, you're up. Yeah, hey. Yeah, hi. Uh, I lost an uh, exorbitant amount of money on an offshore gambling website. Uh, tremendous amount of money. What, uh, what is tremendous? A few hundred thousand dollars. That's tremendous. I'll buy that. Fair enough. Um, and uh, I... 
basically they had a, a page on their website that, that mentioned recent get, recent winners, and they were winners that had won significant amount of money in slots. I know I'm an idiot, um, and uh, I I believe that I probably lost more than anyone else during the time that I was gambling with them. And I called them out on it, and literally the next, the, the following month, they got rid of that recent winner's page. Wait, wait, why uh, did you, what, you call them out on what? That the winners uh, that were put up there were not winners? That they put correct, you up, they put you up as a winner? No, they did not. All right, so how do, you, how do you know those people, how do you know those people were not winners? Well, I, because... They got rid of the page. And that mean, okay, so I, they couldn't I, just wait a minute. So they just got rid of the page, and there's no other reason they got rid of the page other than those are real. Those were not real winners. Because I threatened us to file a lawsuit for fraudulent advertising, and literally the next month they got rid of that page. That All right, so assume, assuming that's true, how are you harmed by that? Because I believe that I was going to be a recent winner, and even if you you believe you, you lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, and somehow you believe you're going to be a recent uh, a recent winner. Uh, so let me make an analogy here, okay? Um, there's a sign on the, my local Seven Eleven that says ninety five million dollars, uh, and a sign that says last year our customers won forty thousand dollars. Okay, or a hundred thousand, or whatever, and uh, you get all bitchy about it, and they take it down. Does that prove that it's fraud? Does that prove that they're not winners? Does that prove that they made that up? And by the way, if even if they did make it up, uh, what is your argument? Say, if I didn't see recent winners on that page, I would not have gambled. That's correct. I believe I was going to be a recent winner. You know what? They have. They you know lie. what? They and they have a defense because you filed the lawsuit. And you know what their defense is? You're a cretin. You're a complete moron. There's a defense. Where are you going with this, Sean? You're the one that lost several hundred thousand dollars, and you're saying, "Gee, I wouldn't have gambled if they didn't have a sign up there that said recent winners." How do you prove there were no recent winners? You're saying you could prove it because they took it down. And by the way, where are they located? Uh, Canada. It's offshore, I believe. Uh, Indian reservation. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. You can sue. That's where the company is located. Canada is not offshore, and certainly an Indian reservation is not offshore. Well, it was. You want me to give you the name of the company? No, 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 not at all. I want you to give me the name of your special ed teacher. That's what I want you to give me the name of. (sighs) Okay, Peggy. Hello, Peggy. Hey, Bill. Yes. I am a film editor, yes, and ma'am. I do a lot of work for a, uh, a guy, a producer, and he got a request to take a web show that was a bunch of different episodes and turn it into a presentation reel um, to make it into, like, a, a show. Okay, but, like a broadcast show. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. You no, know, it's never going to be on broadcast. But anyway, uh, he said, I have this really easy job. Take these pieces and repurpose them for a series. 
Um, and so I did that, and uh, it became hugely complicated, a lot of graphics. And, um, music was tied to the pieces. And anyway, uh, there was about eight rounds of notes on this. Oh, and he said it was a couple thousand dollars. Okay, give me a couple thousand dollars that you were going to get paid. Yeah. Okay. Right. But, you know, all these deals that I do, it's all verbal contracts. Yeah, I understand. But this one, there were notes that said you were going to get a couple thousand dollars for the work you did. Is that correct? Uh, maybe a text message. That doesn't matter. That's that's a written. That's fine. That's if you still have that. That is an offer. There's no question about it. There's a, a contract there uh, that you that he said two thousand dollars for the work you produced the work and he has no place to go. And so right. I'm assuming he didn't pay you, right? Right. Okay. So, so what happened was the guy that he did this uh, job for. Um, there was eight rounds of notes from this guy. There was eight and what? Everything. Everything that I heard from the guy through my intermediary, the producer, was like, great, love it. Can you just do this one little thing? Okay, so what's your question? Um, Who can I sue? Uh, The guy who hired you. But I can't sue the guy that hired him to do the show. No, 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 no. You don't have a contract with that guy. You never had an you never had an agreement with a man who ultimately got the information who kept on sending you change here change there. Nope, you have no agreement with that person. Your agreement is with a producer who hired you and in the text said I I'll pay you $2000 for your work. That's it. Right. Yeah, no so agreement. The guy's offering $250. All right, say no. And take him to small claims court. I mean, that's it. you know, have him argue uh whatever and you just simply say here's the text where I was offered the $2,000, here's the work that I produced, uh, any questions? Right. Yeah, you're fine. You know, just uh, just go for it. Um, oh, okay, Terry. There you are, Terry. Welcome to Handle on the Law. What can I do for you? Hi, Bill. I've got an idea for a new product, and I do not have the means to market or manufacture it. I would like to shop it a prototype around is there any way i can protect it from somebody while i do that well it's not really the, applica- the yeah. application do you have the first... itself is what's okay uh, unique yeah and i don't know if it, i don't know if application is patentable uh and and certainly if it's out there uh it's pretty easy to rip off uh do you is do you think it's patentable is there enough of a unique aspect of this that you can patent the process i am very surprised. I'm 67 years old, and I am very surprised somebody hasn't come up with it already. Okay, uh, and I don't want to be specific, but can you give me in general terms uh, what what it does? Is it a new way to glue uh, you know, a, a false nose on your face? I mean, what? It's, uh, call it a sales and marketing assistant. Okay, and is it all, is it a uh, computer? It's, is it a computer program? New, new, uh, yes. Okay. Not sure. specifically used on a computer, but okay. using computer technology. Okay. Uh, first thing you want to do. First thing you want. Technology is existing. But All right. The application All right. is something I've never seen before. All right. You have to call. I would call a patent attorney to find out if you even can protect yourself. I'm. I'm just afraid that I'll, I'll send it to. Or no, you call a patent. You, you call. And, you call a patent attorney, and whatever you say to an attorney is the attorney-client privilege. Okay. All right, and uh, you're protected. All right, I think that answers my question, Bill. Thank All right, you. you got it. Patent it. And, and by the way, it could be that it's not patentable at all. Usually processes 
with existing technology, yeah, I don't know. I mean, inventing a new process entirely, that's proprietary. That I think you can patent. But then again, I'm not a patent attorney, so uh, I really have no idea. So what would I do? I'd go to I'd go to my website, actually, handleonthelaw.com, and talk to one of the patent guys. This is Handle on the Law. You know you can't keep the ground from shaking. Right up until 11 o'clock, phone number 800-520-1534. That's the number here to call in, 800-520-1534. More handle on the law, marginal legal advice. All right, John. Yo, John, welcome to Handle on the Law. Thanks, Bill. Hey, I bought a house uh, a couple years ago. The home came with some laminate floors installed. Uh, since then, there's been a defect found with those floors and a large class action lawsuit. We were not the original purchasers of the floor, but as the homeowner, are we able to take a claim? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and uh, now you can sue individually, and you have to leave the class. Right now, you're in the class of uh, okay. those people. So uh, you'll get uh, mails, you'll get mail, and then you either opt out of the class or you're automatically in the class. So if you what want if, to, uh, you can sue them directly. What if the mail is addressed to the old homeowner? Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, then you can argue, then you know what you can do uh, is uh, you can argue that you are opted out of the class. I mean, if you know they're in class, you simply call the attorneys who are representing the uh, class and say, I want in. So I just want to put it on the record that I'm part of this. Or you can argue that you, that it was never addressed to you, and uh, therefore you want to sue individually. But the bottom line is, I think uh, the recall is uh, uh, goes to you anyway. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Yeah, probably wrong, uh, but you know it sounded good. Why the hell not? All right, uh, Jim. Hello, Jim. Hey, Bill. Yes. Um, I have a 1968 Volkswagen convertible that I was getting restored, and a friend of mine, a neighbor actually, referred me to uh, a guy that could uh, do that for me. So I gave him the car, and he turned out over a period of time to be suspect or uh, like flaky. And um, uh, late last year, he left uh, the state. All right, he fled the state. I'm having a hard time understanding you. All right, so he fled the state with uh, your car, right? Okay, you know what? I can't understand you, and uh, it's been a great call. One of the best ones I've had. Uh, yeah. All right, Melinda. Melinda, you there? Yes, Bill. My question is about... Um my son, he's now 14 years old. Six years ago, I gave custody to um, his dad, my ex-husband. And now that he's 14, he wants to live with me permanently. I just want to know, legally, you know, um, he's 14 now. Can't he make that decision on his own? Well, no, he can't make the decision on his own. He's, he's a minor. Uh, however, uh, at 14, the court's going to pay a fair amount of attention to what he has to say. Uh, so uh, okay. you have to file for the change of custody. The court always retains jurisdiction when it comes to kids. Uh, custody specifically so you get to go into court and argue that it's time for your kid to come back to you 
And the court mm-hmm. takes into account the last the kid. What's going on? Why do you want to move back? So here are the issues. Uh, is uh, your your son just pissed off at dad? And uh, no, not necessarily. Well, no, I'm arguing. Those are the questions that are okay. going to be asked. Is it one of those things where I'm just pissed off and I'm saying I'm going to move with mom, and it sort of becomes kind of tenuous? Uh, the other thing is, why did you give up custody in the first place? Um, we were going through a, a court battle back and forth about custody. Um, at the time, I had. Um, a DUI wasn't looking good for me. They wanted me to go through a bunch of evaluations I had no money for. Um, the court was in a different county. I had no car at the time. It just okay, all right, all right. And it's, it's, it, the court's going to ask you uh, those questions. And uh, it, it seems like, based on what you said, there are some reasons as opposed to, I just don't want my kid. Uh, so right. that's good. And then uh, part, of the, uh, part of it is uh, that in your papers, you're going to say, and my son wants to move back to me. And uh, the court will instantly figure out a way uh, for your son to be questioned and find out what the motivation is. But, yeah, you're entitled okay. to joint custody, by the way, Melinda. Uh, yeah. yeah I, so uh, I just haven't done anything about the last six years. That's, and that's the other this. issue. Here's the other issue. Why haven't you done anything for the last six years? When did you start having enough money to pay for a lawyer unless you've been destitute the entire time? Right. Yeah. So those are those are problems, all of them. But uh, you can go, just remember, you can go to court. You can always go to court, and you get to hire a lawyer. Uh, All right. Uh, Richard. Hello, Richard. My fiancé fell in a, slipped and fell in a motel room, and I want to know what my recourse is of contacting an attorney. Well, it's not you. uh, uh, It's her uh, is the one that's damaged. Well, yeah. uh, Okay. so, uh, So how did she slip? What did she slip on? She slipped on a wet floor. Where where was the wet know. floor? It was in the uh, the room leading to the bathroom. There's like a little tile area that leads to the restroom. All right. I you assume the, you took. I assume you took pictures. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, and she broke her elbow. Yes, sir. All right. Does she have surgery by any chance? Not yet. She's waiting to see a spa. Okay. Uh, if she does ha- get surgery, that becomes a stronger case. Uh, just to yeah. let you know, surgery is always good legally. Uh, with, as a matter of fact, removal of heads is very strong. Amputation is very strong. As uh, a matter of fact, if you walk in just with a torso and a head on it, that's even stronger. All right. So uh, the issue is going to be uh, you proving that there the wet floor and that she didn't see it or you wouldn't have seen it or it's reasonable to miss it. And there was either a defect in design. I guess that's what they're going to have to to see. Were they told about it at any point? Were they given warning? Or did it just happen right before where, what can we do? We didn't know about it. Matter of fact, the first we learned about it is after Richard's girlfriend broke her uh, elbow uh, and fell. So there are a bunch of issues going on. But uh, there's enough there to call a personal injury attorney and get an answer that way. And then the PI attorney will start investigating to see if there's anything there. So the first step for you is to go to a personal injury attorney. It doesn't cost you anything. Okay? Do they do, they do these pro bono? Yes. No, well, they the do case? it on contingency. If, if they take the case, they do it on contingency, and uh, you uh, don't have to worry about paying. And if you win, the attorney gets 35%, 40%. All right. Uh, the latest trend for the cyber criminals is hacking into networks to steal the identities of children who are particularly vulnerable. Why? Because kids have clean credit histories. And you don't know uh, there's an issue until well after the fact. 
fraudulent purposes, loans, transactions. And so what do you do? Well, I'm going to suggest going to LifeLock. LifeLock protects not only me, my wife, but also our two kids. And because everybody is uh, susceptible. So there are so many ways that cyber criminals can try to take what's yours. And uh, in my opinion, and certainly for the last decade, it's been LifeLock that has protected our identities. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction in every business. But LifeLock does protect you. It can uncover threats that you might miss, that you may, probably will miss on your own. Get 10% off your first year by using a promo code HANDLE when you call 800-LIFELOCK, 800-LIFELOCK, promo code HANDLE, or go to lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. That's lifelock.com, promo code HANDLE. This is HANDLE on the Law. A uh, Saturday morning, uh, one more hour to go until uh, Leo Laporte shows up for his show 11-2. And then Neil Saavedra, The Fork Report, 2 to 5 o'clock. Phone number here for uh, the legal advice that I love to give and yell at you. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1534. Uh, top of the uh, hour, like right about now, always the best time to call. Uh, because that's when we have uh, lines open. Certainly the best time, most of the time. This is Handle on the Law. Marginal legal advice. All right, uh, a little bit about Trump land. Uh, we have a very unusual president. Uh, not only uh, the uh, a president who likes to engage, loves to fight, uh, but also the wealthiest president that we've ever had by a long shot. And uh, unlike any other president uh, who had some assets, would put everything into a blind trust, which means, let's say someone has a fair chunk of money and a blind trust is established, a trustee, and there's a firewall. The trustee never even tells the president or cabinet member or whoever how much money is being made. And usually there's no money being made at all because the trustee just wants to park the money and keep it safe. Well, President Trump's a little bit different. He did not put the money in a blind trust. What he did is he simply told his kids to run the Trump empire. And now he says, I have nothing more to do with it, but it wasn't put in a blind trust. And it's kind of hard to imagine with this president not having anything to do with the Trump businesses because it's simply how he rolls. So there's a lawsuit that the Democrat, congressional Democrats filed And they want to examine Trump's private business. And this is a constitutional issue. And it gets a little wonky, but let me try to explain it. There's an emoluments clause in the Constitution that says a president cannot receive any benefit from any foreign source. And it's a prince or whatever. But a foreign government cannot give any money to a president for obviously the conflict. Because the president makes decisions regarding uh, the United States foreign policy. Well, the argument here is that Trump still owns Trump Tower. There's a hotel specifically. And they book, the hotel books events by foreign governments. 
for example, you've got Kuwait, Saudi Arabia that have booked the Trump Tower in Washington. A ton of parties and soirees and all kinds of benefits. And Trump, the Trump organization, gets the benefit of it. And the argument is, after Donald Trump became president, you think that business increased? Oh, yeah. And so this lawsuit says that the president is unconstitutionally receiving emoluments. Foreign governments are, in fact, helping him, his business, his personal business, while he's president of the United States. Can't do it. Well, they filed a lawsuit. And uh, the a federal district judge said, you know what? The Democrats can proceed with a lawsuit. That's not to say that the Democrats are going to win uh, because uh, it's one step removed. It's Trump who owns the hotels, who the hotels are being run by his kids. And you've got foreign governments that are booking the hotels, not giving him money, but booking the hotels uh, for parties. And somehow it all connects. And the court said, uh, okay, don't know if it connects or not, but there's enough there to go forward. And uh, what happens is if the lawsuit does move forward, uh, Trump will be forced to disclose financial details of his business operation. And this is a man who does not want anybody to know his business operations while he's sitting as president. For example, he is uh, the only presidential candidate in recent memory to not disclose his tax returns, even after he said he was going to disclose his tax returns. But, you know, what the hell? You know, uh, remember that in Trump world, up is down, down is up. Uh, Left is right, black is white. I will means I won't. I mean, that's just simply the way it works. So it's interesting stuff. We'll see what happens. By the way, I think if he ever releases his tax returns, he's completely screwed because uh, he has not paid taxes probably in years. He had such business losses that he was able to manufacture. Uh, I'm convinced of that. Now, is that an accusation? Yeah, it is. but, But it is my personal opinion. I have absolutely no information whether it's true or not. Okay, disclaimer. All right, uh, let's uh, move uh, on. Oh, here is a rather interesting call. Uh, Wade. Hello, Wade. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, Bill. Yes. Hey, Bill. I live in a very small desert town of Rosemont, and we uh, had an election last fall, and one of the guys in the community who was supporting the other candidates gave me the nickname of Bubba. Ooh. And it it stuck. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I don't like it. Even no. the election's over with, people yeah. still call me Bubba. Okay. I've got a ninth grade education, and I, I don't know what to do. I'm calling you to see if there's anything I can do for damages to file against this guy for yeah. calling me Bubba. My, well, even my mom and dad didn't give me yeah. Bubba. Well, my name is Wade, not yeah. Bubba. Okay, Bubba. Uh, ah, come on. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, not Bubba. All right. Uh, no, there isn't anything you. That, that, there's nothing that you can do. Uh, it is a. Isn't there something about being a political candidate and having bad things said about? As a matter, you? as a matter of fact, as a political candidate, more bad things can be said about you because you become a public figure and a political candidate, which leaves you even more open. He could have probably called you Bubba twice, Bubba Bubba, and you would. Uh, you have yeah, no place to go, Wade, on that one. Nope. And uh, if you lost the election, incidentally, because he started calling you Bubba, by the way, that can be a term of endearment, too. All right, just to let you know. No, I don't like it. All right, you may not like it. I'm not arguing. Listen, I'm not arguing that, but it can be a term of endearment. 
It could be a there term that you're a, ro- a roly-poly kid. For two seats, and I, I came know. in dead last. Uh, that, well, maybe there's other reasons, but uh, Bubba is not necessarily pejorative at all. Even if uh, you're in prison and you're six foot eight, and uh, your uh, cellmate comes in and you say, "Hi, I'm Bubba. I'm your new c- cellmate. Congratulations." See, you can yeah yeah no place to go, Wade. Uh, and Wade, you can see, is upset. I mean, I, I get that. He's not making this up. But, you know, that's just the way it goes. All right, Terry. Hello, Terry. Hi, uh, Bill. How yes. are you? Good. What can I do for you? Uh, I just wanted to know something. Uh, my son is 23, and he now has two points in, on his driving record. And the first point was definitely his fault, and that was a couple of years ago. The second point happened recently in November when we had the Santa Ana winds that were real strong, and he parked in the parking lot, opened the, his car's side door, and it went into the other car, and it dinged the other car. It didn't ding it very much, but through the insurance, it turned out to be over $1,000 of damage. I want to know how I can protest that because it wasn't his fault. He just opened the door, the wind got it, and just slammed it well, into the I, other car. I, because no one's going to believe uh, that, number one, it wasn't his car. But I don't understand. It's not a moving violation either. Uh, so no, it's not, but they still gave him they another still gave, point. See, and you're arguing it was the wind that did it. it, it effectively, what yes, he's saying is well, my, my dog ate the homework. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, so... Eh. <laughs> no, but it was, but I can prove it by getting the uh, exact wind velocity of that day, that evening. Right, at that place. All right. Then you then yeah. what you do is you simply uh, go to the insurance company uh, and the DMV and simply say, I want you to reverse that decision. They they do that all the time. My daughter was in uh, a an accident in which uh, the other guy lied through his teeth... And uh, the insurance company paid the guy $1,200, $1,300 for property damage and then dinged my daughter. And uh, we said, uh, I wrote a letter saying, hey, wait a minute. And said, "We've uh, our investigation proved that your daughter was at fault. I said, wait a minute. He says he hit her on, that she hit him on the left front bumper. Well, we went to your repair facility who took pictures and look at the picture. As a matter of fact, the evidence goes the other way. And the insurance company caved. They wrote a letter back saying, you're right. We're going to remove that negative. We're going to move that quote point. And uh, it was, it just disappeared. You have a case. You argue exactly that. Okay, one and, thing. Let's see what happens. I did go, oh, no, no. Um, one thing. I did go to the insurance, and they said go to the DMV. So okay. we went to the DMV. And the DMV laughed at us, and they said the only thing we do from the insurance is to record on his record what the insurance has yeah. told us. What you do, do is you you apply for a reversal. In other words, you write the insurance company a letter, and then whatever form the DMV provides to dispute uh, that particular decision, you go ahead and do that. You just follow the rules. And uh, if you can prove, if you go, here's the wind velocity, here, 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 it's not my fault. But in a way, that's strict liability anyway because it's your car. Uh, and I think if you look at it, uh, you know, whether it's your fault or not, it was your car, uh, it was your actions that caused the accident, even if, because you can't sue the wind. So I'm not an insurance guy, but I think uh, you're, well, see what you can do. Write the letter, make the appeal. This is Handle on the Law. I keep seeing visions of you, visions of visions 
Handle here on a Saturday morning. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Sam. Hello, Sam. Welcome to the show. Yes, uh, good morning, Bill. Um, well, I'm just calling you on behalf of my brother, actually, who sold an uh, insurance office agency about three years ago, 2016, uh, January. And uh, the person who bought the business was another agency, and uh, he paid, uh, well, he purchased it for about 300 I believe 35,000 and he paid 200,000 up front and I believe I think he still owes another 120,000 okay. which he was going to pay in term in 2 years and all of a sudden one of the customers one of the you know uh, customers in book of business uh went up and wanted to sue my brother he got in contact with that um insurance insurance agency because my brother was no longer in business after two months that he sold it, and um, they told him, you know, he's gone. He has nothing to do with our business, and it's something that he didn't do for you, and you got to go after him. So the the person who bought the business got in contact with my brother, said, you know what, this is a problem. You know, I didn't know about this, this and that. So he's, it's your problem. He's coming after you. So my brother, you know, just let it alone. He didn't go after the money anymore, and the guy didn't pay for three years right now. And that customer is suing my brother, so my okay. brother was kind of, you know, running away from him. All right, and, so what's, he what's, went to the what, court. All right, what's the question? And he went well, to court. Your brother, wait a second. Right now, your brother, and, wait, wait, wait. Your brother went yes. to court. No, no, my brother hasn't gone to the court. But, All right. I mean, he's going to the court for the customer that he sued him right now, and my brother is like, you know. Uh, now I know what's going on with that customer. Now I'm going to deal with them separate. But I all right, wanna, Sam. What is, what is your, what's your question? To go get a, a lawyer. What's to your, go get that money. Hundred twenty thousand. Right. That he what's, your, what's your question? Do you think any reason that he won't be able to pay us? No, I think no. I think I think uh, he still owes the money. And uh, when you right. said it's a separate issue, it's a separate issue. Correct. Sam, okay. it is a totally separate issue. He bought the okay, business. Right. He bought right. it with its liabilities. Uh, The only defense he has is if your brother knew there was going to be a lawsuit uh, against the company, uh, then you can argue that that he wasn't uh, transparent, he wasn't open. But if you're talking about something that uh, the customer had against the buyer and the buyer said, no, take it up with Sam's brother, and that's what they're doing, uh, Sam, uh, the buyer still owes every dime. Okay. All right. And he still has to also pay the interest for the yeah, year. Yeah, whatever. Whatever the terms are. I'm, whatever that's written up. Whatever the terms are. All right. Uh, let's talk about privacy for a moment. So let's say you had to mail something important, uh, private tax returns, information with your social, other financial information. Do you use a postcard? Well, of course not. But that's what happens when you use public Wi-Fi. If you are using public Wi-Fi and you have personal information, even if it's password protected, uh, guess what? It's wide open. Cyber criminals can come on, come in. Or even companies that are not trying to steal anything, but just want to track and sell your browsing information, app usage, location. Which is why I'm going to suggest you go to Norton.com slash VPN. This is secure VPN, virtual private network that actually encrypts your connection, even on public Wi-Fi. So now it's secure. And What a great way to just be comfortable and know that your information is totally secure. It's Norton Secure VPN, virtual private network encryption. 
So get Norton Secure VPN, enjoy the convenience of the connected world, and have online privacy security. Go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at $333 a month with annual subscription. Terms apply. Norton.com slash VPN. This is Handle on the Law. Let's hang an anchor from the sun. There's a million city lights, but you're number one. You're the reason I'm still And good morning. Handle here on a Saturday. And uh, welcome back to Handle on the Law. Hey, Ramon. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Ramon. Ramon, can I help you? Uh, here's what happens is uh, since we have a minute delay because you people tend to use all those uh, dirty words. All right, Ramon, you're about to go into history. One, two, three. Soul to the nearest bidder. Okay, Ramon is gone. Yes. Oh, Cindy. Hello, Cindy. Hi. Yeah, there Hi. you are. Good for you. All right. What can I do for you? Yes. Odometer of my car was rolled back by my dealer. All right. An odometer was uh, rolled back by your dealer? Yes. Uh, yeah, he is a mechanic slash car dealer. It's kind of mom and pop kind of dealer uh, slash mechanic. Two years ago, I bought $6,000 Prius. Uh, uh, through him, and I put fifteen hundred dollars down, and I made a five month. Uh, ma- you know, I made a payment. I was making payment, and five months into it, I got into a car accident, and the car got totaled. And the other party, it wasn't my fault. And other party did the car fax, and it turned out that it had a two hundred twenty five mile instead of one hundred twenty five miles. Okay, so the car had, how do you know the car had 225,000 miles instead of 125,000? How was that ascertained? Well, yes, the other party, the, uh, the defense attorney, uh, did the car fox, and the car was from Texas, originally from Texas. When it got to the... Okay, so, so, there was a, so there was a record of the fact that it was sold at 125,000 miles, and when you got it... Or it was so record that it was two hundred and twenty five, and you bought it thinking it was one hundred and twenty five. Is that correct? Right. All right. And when you I said defense attorney, it. where was the lawsuit? Uh, it was. Uh, it it wasn't a lawsuit. It was like in a personal injury case. I was oh, okay. All right. All right. So what's your what's your question? And uh, first of all, can I go after this dealer? Well, wait a minute. Uh, if the car with the was the car totaled. Yes, it was. All right, and you, did you get the and did you get the full value of the car? Uh, since it was me, you know, uh, I was making. I was thinking, okay. You know what? I'd love to stay on the phone with you, but I'm having a hard time hearing you and understanding. And it's going to go into an area that uh, number one, I dive into the weeds, and I don't care enough uh, to do that. All right, Vince. Hello, Vince. Hi. Yes. I I have a uh, situation here. Um, I am up to my eyeballs in credit card debt and personal loans. I uh, talked to a bankruptcy attorney, and uh, they did they crunched the numbers. They said my debt was too low and my income was too high to qualify for uh, Chapter Seven and Chapter Thirteen. I'm just barely making my 
living, I'm ba- barely making my rent and uh, my daily uh, expenses. Do you have any advice on uh, maybe how to work with this? Uh, no. And what did the uh, bankruptcy attorney tell you as an alternative? Uh, he didn't really say. He said you can continue to pay if you wanted to do Chapter 11. The only thing it's going to do is freeze the cre- uh, freeze the interest. That's it. You well, hold on. Chapter, chapter 11 lets you reorganize, too. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, chap- chapter 13. Okay. You never mentioned Chapter 11. Okay. I think Chapter 13 may. I, I always you know get confused with the various chapters. Uh, but I would, okay. you know, something is uh, wrong here. He goes, just too bad, uh, because there's never a just too bad. I would talk to another bankruptcy attorney. Okay. Get, get a second. Get, yeah, get a, sep- a second opinion. No, I don't, what do I know about bankruptcy? Uh, because okay. I've always been pretty careful about my money. So uh, I'm uh-huh. far better than you right. are. Uh, I'm a much more valuable human being to society than you are, clearly. Well, uh, that's, go, that's go- your personal opinion. Uh, that's my personal uh, opinion. Oh yeah, I'm, that's or no, you know what? Let me, you know, when I say uh, I'm more valuable than you are, I'm going to go forward and say that's a medical fact. Uh, to be honest with you, all right. Uh, go to handleonthelaw.com, and uh, I would get you have to get a second opinion on this because that just doesn't smell right. Uh, that you make too much money, uh, therefore you're not entitled to one of those chapters, which is true, by the way. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, an attorney saying that, but there have to be alternatives. Uh, that's that's it. <laughs> Ramon is back. Hello, Ramon. Hey, Bill. Okay, I feel better. So do I. Uh, my father passed away a few months ago. Uh, shortly after the services, we tried contacting the finance company on the vehicle he had just purchased uh, a few months prior, and they won't talk to us since... Uh, I also mean my mom and I usually handle everything. Uh, they won't talk to us because we're not on the on the loan or anything like that. Um, and this vehicle was repossessed a, a week ago. Uh, once again, uh, they won't let us. They won't give us any information. My personal property was in the vehicle. They won't even talk to me. Yeah, well, you don't. You know, the problem is, is, Ramon, you don't own the car. Uh, so exactly. uh, I'm sorry. My, my main question to you is. Would our family trust be financially responsible for the balance due on his vehicle? Uh, you know, that's a good question. And uh, it's and your it's your dad's trust. Your dad is one of the trustors, correct? Correct. All right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, technically the answer is yes, but uh, they're not helping the matter anymore by not giving you any information. So uh, uh, how, how do they even know? They how, yeah. How do they even know there is a trust then? Well, they don't know. All right. Uh, so the point is, they're going to, let's say they file a lawsuit against uh, your dad. Your dad's dead. Okay, now what? Exactly. And that's what you tell uh, the repo company. And you say, hey, listen, uh, we want to talk to you and figure out, uh, you know, how, how do we make this work? Nope, not interested in talking to you. Uh, okay, exactly. now what? Ramon, you're, uh, you know, dead dad. And if he gets sent letters, which he will... Uh, in the mail, in terms of letters, we're going to sue you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, to tell you what I do on envelopes is uh, this is happening with my father. When he died and there was some debt and uh, I would get envelopes and uh, I would just literally write uh, completely dead on uh, the envelope and just send it right back without even opening. Okay. All right. If there's any letters to the estate of you know his name. 
Well, um, all right. Then you say he's being sued, but they have to give you, he has to give you information. What do you mean they're sending letters? You have to know how much is owed? If they're already sending letters to the estate, uh, and he may, yeah, your dad may. They how much is owed. They're looking for a contact. Um, you know, well, like there's. Shit. I don't know if they're marketing employees or they're actual. Nah, it's not marketing. If they're sending a letter to the estate, then they know he's dead. Okay. And uh, then you, uh, if it's a trust, uh, then the trustee has to deal with them. Okay. And uh, if it's just, if it's just your dad, recommend? if it's just your dad opening, uh, if it's just your dad opening the mail, or it's just your dad uh, that is the recipient of the mail, uh, then you go, hey, he's dead. You know, and there hasn't been a probate file. There is no estate. Uh, do you have no, any idea how much money we're talking about? Uh, for the vehicle, probably about thirty grand. All right, so that's enough for them to go chasing after uh, there. Uh, who's the trustee? Okay. Who's the trustee, what, what kind of Ramon? Who's the who's the trustee of the uh, of the trust? Uh, my mother. All right, mom has to contact them and say, "I'm the trustee. What do you want to do?" And then start negotiating because they already know he's dead. Uh, and uh, so they're already going past the saying, okay, but they should give you the information. I'm surprised. Should give your mom the information. Hello, Joan. Yes. Yes. Oh, is Hello, this... uh, yes. Go ahead. Um, I'm having a problem with my homeowner's insurance. We had a leak under our slab. Uh, this is the first time we've ever had a claim. They covered the claim. Uh, they took care of the leak and everything, and then I got a letter from them telling me that they were going to raise my deductible to $12,150. Okay, the next time they're going to raise it when the co- when the insurance company expired, correct? Right. When the, uh, when the, the policy expired. expired. All right. It, it, yeah. All right, so what's your question? Um, can they do that? Oh, yeah, all day long. It's just time for you to get another insurance policy. Okay, but that's all because that's that's ridiculous. That's that's insanity uh, to raise your deductible. I mean, they can raise your premiums. Uh, That happens all the time. But one claim, uh, Joan, doesn't make any sense because there's no insurance company that I know on the first claim would even raise the premium. So you have the wrong insurance company, Joan. As soon as as soon as uh, your insurance lapses, you get another company. Matter of fact, you can probably get another company right now and get a pro rata return. I would jump on another company and get just start getting some uh, quotes. Okay. All right. Um, let me ask you something else. The house is 28 years old, um, and we've seen a lot of um, plumbing work being done in the neighborhood. So, and, and when the plumber came, he checked our, um, he checked to see what the water pressure was, and it was 95, which he said it shouldn't be more than 75. So, uh, do you think that that's a problem with the water company? No, it could it could be, but all you need is a uh, a reducer on there, uh, and that's a simple thing to do. And this is I'm we should do a plumbing show right now, uh, and that is uh, it brings the water pressure down. That that's easy, but it shouldn't have anything to do with uh, it, it shouldn't have anything to do at all with your insurance. And uh, yeah, call the water company, see what they have to say. Maybe they'll put a reducer in there, a reduction valve. I think that's what they call them. All right. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. We could be legends after all. And uh, this is uh, Handle in the Morning on a Saturday. 800-520-1534. 800-520-1534. Welcome back to Handle on the Law. Marginal Legal Advice. 
And it just so happens that uh, my local news anchor here, who obviously is a masochist of some kind, uh, has a legal question. Yes, Tessa, what would you like to know? Well, I went out with this guy and I thought, okay, he's going to be really, he's like an eligible bachelor, but I wasn't really feeling him. So I said, let me, let me kind of send him off to my friend who is single and, you know, very dateable. And so I kind of arranged a meeting. Because she's into amputees? Stop. Okay. Stop. Okay, so so listen, so we all met up and I made kind of the introductions and I kind of skedaddled out of there and was like, okay, I hope I hope it works. I didn't really I knew he was a friend of a friend. He was actually he's actually like a fire marshal. Okay. And, you know, had you know, has like checks checks and boxes and I said this will be great not for me, but this will be great for her. Well, when I left, apparently they met with friends and he started he I guess they got a little they drank a little and he was telling everyone in the room that he had intercourse with me but in a really vile and ugly manner and she told me and not only was I embarrassed but you know I'm on I'm on the radio I'm a news anchor and I thought what are what like there I know there's no laws against that you had a caller earlier say you know what can you do if someone kind of is just like slandering your name it's it's there's no, I mean, can I call his work or which? No, which I mean, it's defamation. I mean, there's right. no question. Um, right. And uh, in this case, uh, the fact that you're a public figure and you are uh, really doesn't, uh, is is not doesn't part. No, it doesn't hurt. Oh. Okay. Uh, because I think the two are separated. This is amongst friends. And this was not a public announcement. It didn't go on the radio. Right. Uh, by the way, for the record, she uh, did put out. And, no, I did. That's okay. the thing. Okay. That's, it makes see, me so now mad. you can't see. You can't sue me because I'm doing this publicly. You oh, see how that works? But yeah, but I, I mean, think I think it's worth a lawyer letter. Okay. Uh, and I think that's it. Okay. And uh, to his work or to him? To him, okay. not to his work. And just say, hey, well, that's no fun. Yeah, and just a lawyer letter and say, hey, you're about to be sued for defamation. Yeah, I and, just and just stop it cold because your friends uh, clearly don't know or they know that this not happened they know that he's lying i'm right. assuming right well my girl the one girlfriend did and he's been messaging me and i've resisted oh all then co- you definitely then you definitely need a lawyer letter. yeah and i and yeah, i said and i know you can yeah. block i know you can just block but yeah, it's like i want him to know yeah. you can't no, treat yeah. someone like that and kind right. of get away with yeah it. it's uh it's lawyer letter time and i'll okay. and i'll talk to you about uh you know later on that who, wasn't so who, bad right? no 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 it's just uh yeah no that wasn't really too bad Okay. So he's accusing of being a slut, and you're not. Well, I don't know that for a fact. Uh, I, I will vouch for myself okay. and say that I'm not. Okay, got it. <laughs> fair enough. All right, fair. All right. Uh, Carrie or Carrie? Hello, Carrie. It's Carrie. Okay. Hey, Bill. Yes, ma'am. I have I have an 86 year old mother who's a cheapskate, and she doesn't want to get a will okay. or a or a um. You know, anything like that. Right. But she put her house and everything in my sister's name. So my sister went down and everything is like my mom and my sister. Is that enough? Or does she really need to get a trust or a will? Oh, no. Did she put everything in your sister's name? Yes, she did. Or put them in both their names? It's both their names. All right. And is that is uh, do you happen to know if that was done as a joint tenancy? Yes, it was. Okay. Uh, there's nothing more that you can do. What's your question? Well, that's my question. So my sister can decide everything. She's a joint tenant. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. 
Yeah, your so yeah, your mother screwed you and gave it all to your sister. Yeah, but I trust my sister. Oh, well, then you're good. Okay, then, then you're home free. Then not mom, to worry. Okay. Mom, so my mom doesn't need to get a. Check. No, okay. no, she's fine at this point. If you trust your sister, uh, my brother and I have that kind of relationship where uh, we don't even. You know, every bit of business that we do or don't do, there's never uh, there's never anything written. Uh, both my partnerships are that way uh, in uh, business, and that is I've I've never had a, a written agreement with my business partners. It's all on a handshake. Uh, but then I'm very lucky, and that enables me to screw them over uh, very easily. Which, uh, by the way, uh, surprise! Uh, but that will happen a little bit later on, just as I retire. Now. Uh, let me tell you what the latest trend is uh, for the uh, web, the dark web cyber criminals hacking into the networks to steal the identities of children and then selling this data. A child's personal information, now that's useful stuff. You know why? Kids have clean credit histories. And so credit is easy to obtain and you don't even know it for years. Which is why LifeLock is so important for identity protection. Because this is all about stealing identities and then going and get credit and buying things. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, uh, threats, like your social security number uh, being up for sale. And incidentally, every kid has a social security number. Now, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor every transaction at every business. But LifeLock, that is real protection. And if there is a problem, then their U.S.-based restoration specialists will work to fix it. It's not somebody out of India. Hello, Bob. Uh, Now, LifeLock can uncover all those threats that you might miss on your own. Join, get 10% off your first year. Use the promo code handle. Call 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle. That's 800-LIFELOCK, promo code handle. For 10% off, visit LifeLock.com, promo code handle. This is Handle on the Law.